Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second edition of the Leafs Line podcast. I am your host, Mario Russo, and joining me again is Aiden McCullough and Michael Iaboni. We have a big, big one tonight. The Maple Leafs picking up seven of eight points this week, beating the Montreal Canadiens last night and taking two of three against the Ottawa Senators. So a busy week on that front. Uh, let's get straight into the Leafs' win against the Habs last night, most recent. Matthews is in fuego, on fire. I don't know how else you want to put it. He is looking to be, it's just a different season for him. He's, a, he's on top of everyone. He puts up his second straight game with four points, and he also contributed much to the Leafs' power play success in this one, going three for four. And the storyline to this game, of extremely quiet first period, goalies back and forth. And then uh, second period, explosions happening. Leafs pick up an early 2 nothing lead. And of course, it wouldn't be the Leafs if they didn't cough this up straight after. Uh, I mean, Kerfoot, I thought he played a really good game. Uh, he was put on that second line and... Uh, I think it adds a lot more speed. Hyman was demoted to the third. I uh, kind of, I, I'd like to add something on that. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like I like that they added Kerfoot, just kind of tossing around those lines, seeing what's working. Kerfoot with that speed really added a little bit more speed to that line, which is kind of necessary. And giving that third line its much-needed identity with that grinding kind of aspect that was really missing from that line, which is really awesome how it incorporated and really worked out. Yeah, I agree yeah, with I that, Bonnie. Go on. Uh, I think Kerfoot really, he did deserve a uh, bump up to the second line. The way he's producing lately, uh, points in the last four, I believe. But other than that, he's really uh, stepped it up. He stepped it up. Yeah, he got six of his last seven with a point, which is, he was supposed to be a bottom six forward, but now now that he's moving up to the top, looking like a top six forward, I mean, that's only good news for Leafs fans, right? I really liked his game. Like like you said, Ibone, he's really fast. And to go on to that third line with Hyman, uh, a checking line. We know it hasn't really worked too much in the past, but I thought it was really shut down last game. But uh, I want to also focus on this. Nylander doesn't get any much better for the Nylander Thals, I believe is the term they're using now. Uh, third period benching by Keefe. He said later that he didn't match up to the defensive game. I mean... It's bound to happen. He's not really, in my opinion, buying into the system. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can up, completely what, points. I can completely agree with that. On the offensive side, he's definitely been key aspect for that second line. Even though that second line hasn't been producing up to its much ex- expectations, that defensively, Nylander has not really been matching up to the caliber as that he's been expected of especially among all the forwards that have been really stepping up defensively lately. Nylander just does not look like he's been really back-checking as much as he really could be. Right. And that defensive game, uh, the, the defensive game, I think, by the second line's been, it's been on and off. I know John Tavares has had a tough time in the defensive zone. But uh, offensively, I'm going to just give you this stat. In the last 10 games for that second line, they put up 15 points. You know that first line with Joe Thornton, Matthews, and Marner? Yeah, they put up 11 points in that 7-3 win against the uh, Sens earlier this week. So 
uh, I'd like to see some more competition out of the guys on the second line. Uh, I think Kerfoot might add that. We'll, only time will tell, but I mean, it's worth a shot, right? Nylander, I think he's got much way more to prove. His this uh, this was uh, talked about on Overdrive a few days ago. Uh, Jeff O'Neill was talking about it. Uh, Nylander's A game when he's on, like we all know, he's a streaky player. He'll have droughts and then he'll have extreme highs. But when he's on his A game, it's crazy. I think it's one of the top in the league. But when he's uh, on his B game, it's nothing, nothing good at all. It looks like a C or even D game, to be honest. Yes. This is kind of what sets him aside from uh, Marner, Matthews, Pasternak. He's been compared to uh, most in his career. But that gap between Marner and Matthews and Nylander, at least this season, is just game in, game out. It's stretching even further. But his goals, most of his goals come in front of the net. I think we can all agree on that there. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. been really awesome having that net front presence on that second line. It hasn't been as much prevalent this year as it has been in previous years, but I'd really like to see him step up as Kerfoot's now on that second line. Maybe Nylander becomes that net foot presence and Kerfoot kind of becomes the puck holder and John Tavares gets rough around the corners and maybe that produces a couple more points for that line. Yeah, I agree. The uh, he, I think we can all notice he's been playing a lot more of the perimeter this year. I think that's safe to say, no? Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of relying on that shot a little more. And you know the shot's there, but if you know you're going to get your success in front of the net, I don't know why he didn't just park himself there. Like, if he can develop himself into more of a Hyman playing style, that second line, it could be, has the potential at least to be unstoppable. And even still have that shot in his back pocket, even if he wanted to whip it out a couple times and really fool the goaltender, that'd really improve his game. Right. And I'm going to go back to Kerfoot here. I think also what's contributing to his success, and he had problems with this in the beginning, fewer penalties. He hasn't taken yes. one in a while. Mm-hmm. He's taken a lot of dumb penalties over the glass, too many men. Oh, yeah. It's Now he's calmed down, and look how it's going now. So I don't know if that's just, a secret to their success, but go on, Aiden. It's just common sense, right? Like, if you're on the ice more, you're bound to get more chances, exactly. bound to get uh, more opportunities, more shots. Right. Being more and, disciplined. Yeah. And going back to Nylander, the, the benching in the third, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? I mean, I think he deserves I, it, but. I can I can agree with that, that he totally deserves it. I mean, he kind of just looked out of it in that third period. Like, just kind of lofting around. Like, as soon as he lost the puck, he'd have, he'd have the puck and he'd be skating around zooming. As soon as he loses that puck, he's just kind of, he's just kind of there. You don't really notice him. Yeah, I agree. He did snap his five-game point route in that 7-3 crazy game against the Sens, who on the second half of that back-to-back just didn't look like they were ready for the Leafs. You already knew the Leafs were going to bring that offense, offensive game. But uh, switching gears to that the, the week as a whole, picking up seven of eight points, uh, that much – I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that first Ottawa game. I mean, I know I was going crazy uh, post-game. They – they don't even deserve that one point. If you don't play hard, Mm-mm. like you don't deserve that one point. They they just had they had the game and then they gave it up. Typical Leafs fashion, going back to old habits, that new team fresh faces can't let that happen anymore. Yeah, I agree. They just to give the listeners some context if it's been 
to a little bit because I think Matthews has just sort of uh, made the season feel like a what is it 19 games it feels like 50 already yeah but mm-hmm. uh, they blew the four goal lead they established it in the first minute of the second uh, by the end of the third period their scoring chances were about even but the giveaways and shots were all in Ottawa's favor but they and they, just, they the problem with them they fell asleep they did it prior to that game on that Saturday night to Montreal. And uh, it's becoming, I think now it's settled down a little bit after that game. It's been yeah. a little more tighter, but it certainly is a problem. It's always been a problem for this team. Uh, the first period was obviously, like, they're, they're all, I think they're the best first period team in the league. I think that's safe to say. I can huh? agree. And that's much different from last year. Last year, they really could not get their footing early on in the games. Right. And it goes I, against. I, I really like that change. Yeah, it goes against that thing Babcock would always say, start on time, start on time. And ironically, under him, they'd never start on time. But with Keith, I mean, turns on a different light within his players, right? But, uh, I mean, lots of uh, good news coming out of this week. Uh, On uh, Saturday Night Headlines, I believe it was last week, uh, after that Montreal game, uh, Elliot Friedman was talking about some mystery forward within the uh, Leafs' interest. Uh, Michael Granlin. I mean, I would not mind him at all as a top six forward. I think we were kind of jumping to conclusions as Leafs Nation uh, because that second line was performing at a horrendous level. But uh, they already have depth. We already know how deep this Leafs team is. The taxi squad's already looking filled up. Uh, and I think Dubis might know something that we don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he likes to Dubis and Keith yeah. especially likes to give us the players chances on the top offensive units. And I think Grandland uh, would make sense. I think he's another Kerfa to be frank with you. Yeah, and... it's really just keep one or keep the other. And for me personally, I would rather if I had to choose, I'd rather keep the Kerfa. He's got a little, slightly lower, two hundred fifty thousand per year um, under the salary cap from 3.5 million to 3.75 for a grand land. And he's got longer term. Like he's got the job security. Kerfoot has the job security and he's secured until 2022 and 2023 season. Whereas Grandland's just on that one year deal where he could just walk in free agency and all bets are lost. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say he's really proven his, status this year even more i think last year his uh first year with the leafs i think he was kind of getting a feel for the team and yeah he was sort of a disappointment last year he was expected to play maybe a top six role maybe even a more reliable third line but it never came to fruition but this year he's really been proving himself and just to give the listeners some context grandlin plays on the second line as well uh, with nashville who's kind of been struggling this year and he plays on the second power play as well so the difference between Kerfoot and Grandland, not really big. I was hearing a lot of Kerfoot would be involved in a, a deal sending him to Nashville for Grandland, so like a one for, one for one. But I don't know. I mean, Grandland usually is also decent in the playoffs as well. But that's just a different ballgame in general. If I Yeah, uh, if I could just add yeah, on to that, um, the Grandland situation, I think what management is trying to do here is just to light a fire under their players, just to show them that uh, they're going to have to earn their spot on the roster. Just like with uh, Nylander's benching, he's just showing that 
uh, no one gets a freebie and uh, no one just gets to play on this team. It's very, uh, the depth on this team is looking great now. So every player is going to have to play their hardest every game to uh, stay in the lineup. And I think with Granlin, they're just showing that uh, if you don't play at your top every day, you might be taken uh, off a line or off the roster and put on the taxi squad. Yeah, and I love what you said about the uh, lighting a fire under the players. I mean, that's the best thing you want in the in the uh, locker room. Friendly competition, maybe not so friendly competition if it's costing you your paycheck. But uh, we know with this depth and this Leafs team, even the taxi squad effect as well. It's a competition night in, night out for a spot. Like we just saw Travis Boyd get moved up to the first power play unit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and he was brought in for playing great with. Peanuts. They put peanuts with them. Charles uh, Boyd has been quite phenomenal this year. Like on, as a fourth line, fourth liner. As a as a fourth liner, yeah. Three goals. His first power play goal against Montreal. Mm-hmm. First career power play goal. Twenty seven year old. Quite impressive. Yeah, quite a. I wouldn't say a steal for uh, Boyd. Unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Unexpected, I would. I would say unexpected. And it was a cap dump from the beginning. We all knew that. Janssen had uh, he was bound to go with his the money he was making here. Free mm-hmm. agent signing Travis Boyd left, and it, it was when when Travis Boyd was signed as a free agent. Like I I think most Leafs fans can agree that no one really knew who he was at the time. But oh, no, I you can yeah, you I can you can definitely I didn't either. But you can definitely agree that Leafs fans definitely know who Travis Boyd is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After watching him play and seeing his style of play and just embracing the player. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, I'm debating a little bit, thinking of buying his jersey just because. But <laughs> if we're going to be talking about jerseys here, I think you've got to go to Alex Galchenyuk. Certainly, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. He's got a lot here. of jerseys. His, yeah. If you <laughs> want to talk jersey collections, Alex Galchenyuk's the one to go to. It's his sixth team, excluding the Hurricanes, which he was on for, I think, less than 48 hours. So uh, he made a nice trip around Ontario, getting traded uh, from Ottawa to Carolina, along with uh, Cedric Paquette, and uh, they acquired Ryan Dezingle. He, uh, within 48 hours of that trade, he cleared waivers and was uh, sent to Toronto for, prior to puck drop on that, uh, let's not talk about that ugly Monday night game against the Sens. But uh, in that deal included Igor Korshkov and uh, David Worsovsky, forward and defenseman respectively. And uh, low-risk players, really. They've been mediocre in the AHL. Uh, not much of a loss here. Yeah, getting uh, up there in age, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think Korshkov, what, 27, I want to say? 20, I don't know. Korshkov's 24. 24. But he's not really going to get to play in too many games because their forward depth is just insane now with all those free agent signings. And I think Warsawski's up near that 27, 28. That, maybe that's who I'm thinking of, right? But Korshkov's having a career year in the... In the KHL, but yeah. the thing about him, he's reluctant to come overseas to to play with the taxi squad or practice with the Marlies or whatever. But uh, I think it's safe to say Galchenyuk was a depth a depth trade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially sure. if he can if he can if he can get back to not even his twenty goal seasons, but like if he if he can even get to like those ten goal seasons and maybe even rack up a couple of points there on like the fourth line, third line even. Yeah, and I don't want to get Leaf sides, Leaf fans excited, but he did put up a thirty goal season, top three draft pick, but that's that's all in the past. We know what we're gonna get from him. He's probably not gonna play past the 
third line. I think he has the potential, obviously, you can see within his career, he's shown that he can play top six minutes. But I think he's just going to be another game-time decision that Keith can play with. But it's a low-risk, high-reward. And you know uh, how much the Leafs have been doing uh, with that. Simmons signing him to, what, one point, what was it, 1.25? 1.25. Yeah, like yeah, 1.25, and look what he's done. Obviously, he's injured. We're not getting anything now. Uh, you want to go the other end of the spectrum, Jimmy VC. I mean, I think he's gotten a lot better after last week when we were talking about him, but still, he hasn't shown anything crazy yet. And uh, Barabana was also a low-risk, uh, high-reward sort of signing, right? But he's just another option. I mean, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Ibony, if you don't mind. On the Galchenia? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that it was a very needed trade i mean you don't really lose much cap space here because galchenik is coming in at a million fifty thousand on a one-year deal so it's not like you're really paying him lots of cash for a long period of time it's yeah, just kind of getting sure the lineup interrupt i think it's buried in the yeah. mind correct for um, right now it is as long as, he, as, long as he doesn't play in the nhl yeah oh. as long as it, like aiden said as long as he doesn't play in the nhl and he's just on the taxi squad, doesn't count towards the cap hit, because technically um, he was designated to the AHL, because he did clear waivers. Right. So he was an AHL trade, and he was designated to the Marlies. And then he's going to get called up to taxi squad, and then back to the Leafs whenever Keith and, um, sorry, Dubis and Keith, like, confer on that. But yeah, uh, Galchenyuk will probably be fourth line, third line minute guy i probably wouldn't see him too much on the the second line unless maybe those injuries like maybe kerford gets down and maybe mckayev isn't doing all that well maybe galchenik gets that shot with Tavares and nylander up there especially because he's a left winger would slot in really nicely there instead of mckayev having to go to his off wing would be nice option to kind of look out there but just kind of seeing his potential and seeing where he's at trying to get those numbers back up and just kind of run with him and See how far he takes you. Yeah, I agree. And he's versatile player, right? So, you know, he's going to impact with whichever line he's on, give more playing time to other players as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden, what do you think of Gilchenny? Uh, I think, like I Boney said, he was uh, definitely a depth signing. I think he was brought to the team because uh, I think they're just looking for more options on the forward side because obviously, uh, uh, early in the season, there was an injury to Thornton, Simmons, Robertson. So you're just looking for more players who you can rely on to bring into the lineup if you have to, if you have those injuries. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you were just talked about Thornton. Can we also talk about Thornton? I mean, what yeah. how Great. again? I, 41. 41. I'd like to apologize for my <laughs> last my last comment on the podcast saying that Joe Thornton would not match up and probably should ease him into the lineup. I was totally blown away. I just away remember that the other day. Amazing performances. Yeah, Joe Thornton's amazing performances, so I'd just like to apologize to Joe and all Leafs fans listening out there who are Joe Thornton supporters, among myself. Uh, definitely shining above expectations mm-hmm. and really blowing that first line out of the water. Yeah, you can't hate on Sleepy Joe here. He's, uh, he's putting he's got everything some fight has- left in him. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got some fight in him. He's doing everything he has to do. I mean, uh, last five games, what two, 
think he has seven, seven and four. Seven's coming back. Last five yeah. games. Yeah, and he's 41 years old. Is that the Matthews Marner effect? I think so. I think yeah. it's the Joe effect. I think it's the Joe effect. Joe just sitting behind his net in his little corner, just kind of waiting for the puck to get him. And then he just dishes it out because that amazing passer inside him is still there. And he just dishes it off to Matthews Marner. He racks his assists and he still got his shot. You give him an open shot, he'll take it and he will score it. You'd think that he would be that passer and give it off to those big guys and Matthews and Marner, but Joe Thornton's got his good shot too. I think last podcast yeah. I said there would be no reason to take Hyman off the first line, but now that seeing Thornton playing with Matthews and Marner, I don't think there's any reason to take Thornton off the first line because they're just producing at an insane rate at the moment. Yeah, and it's ranked as one of the top lines in the NHL at the moment. I, think it's, I mean, yeah, a number two right now. Going off of what you said, Iboni, about Thornton and his shot, I mean, I'd like to see him shoot a little more. I mean, I'm, I know he's 41, right? You're not going to expect him yeah. to mm-hmm. be ripping Genos out there, to be frank. But uh, <laughs> he, drives, he drives the net, and uh, I, like that goal he scored against Ottawa, that was called off. He got two called off, which is uh, yeah. pretty funny. But I think it should have been a goal, and it leads up to the, uh, that other goal that we saw last night. Uh, yeah. Goal interference, I think it was the call, and controversy. And I, I hate Montreal Canadiens fans, but I have to agree Ooh. with their upset being upset there. I mean, yeah. you don't say it's a good goal and then overturn it a second after with a coach's challenge. Like, I don't know. I thought it was uh, when I first saw it. I didn't think there was enough evidence to overturn it, so I kind of agreed with the initial call of it being a goal. But I guess they saw something, and I absolutely have no idea what they saw in mean- the second interview. But essentially, like, what were they looking at the first time? Like, exactly. was it just was it on Hyman being injured and they just did not blow the whistle? Or was it they, were they looking at the pads like um, like they just weren't looking at it? I was honestly thinking that uh, when the puck went through Anderson's arm and dropped to the crease, I think they were assuming that Anderson did not have like the ability to close his legs and to like, trap it under him because obviously his pad was pushed into the net. Oh, okay. yeah, and we and we know you can't push the the rules. Obviously, state yeah. that you can't push mm-hmm. the goalie into the net, and the it's a goal. Like, that was why Thornton's goal got yeah. called off. Obviously, exactly. It's a different situation, but, but it, uh, they both had the same end result, as you see. Yeah, and the only controversy that arose from it was because of the fact that they made the call and then turned it yeah, over. That was strange. The it would have been a totally different game, you know, if this was called like the oh, first sure. time. Of the goal. For sure. It would have been a one-goal game. I believe, was it late second or early third? I think it was uh, late second. It was late second, yeah. Yeah, it was late second. That would have been a like an absolute turn of events. I think it would have been 4-3 going into the third period with Habs having a little bit of momentum instead of just being robbed dry of that awful call, like that awful controversy quote-unquote, of the referee there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know how much of a difference it would make because you just got Matthews and Marner firing in all cylinders. Like, it's yeah. it's just ridiculous. Matthews has, what, is it 18? Yeah, 18 goals. 18, yeah. 18 goals, leading the league. You know who's in second place? Besser and McDavid are tied for second with, with 12. Uh, yeah. 12. 12. 
That is he's blowing the competition <laughs> it's out of the water. Just another level. Yeah. And uh I'm gonna get to it a little more in my hot takes. I'm not gonna give it away right now, but it's it's like he's been compared uh this season to Matt Sundin. I know Steve Dangle sort of gave him a comparison there. Uh Daryl Sittler, all these all the Lee's Leafs greats, but I don't think and it's an era thing too, like they've all played in different time periods, but it's it's time to bring up the debate of where you put Matthews by the end of the year. Like, is he going to be ahead of McKinnon next year? Like, when we're making I, our draft picks for fantasy, are, are you going to see projected number two Matthews? I, I, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't. Only because, it, it, I as a Leafs fan, I mean, I have some bias here, but I, I don't, I don't want to focus on my bias here. I, I want to focus on the fact that Matthews potentially scoring – 50 goals in a 56 game season uh it does not match up to McKinnon's amazing ability and I I don't truly believe that one season kind of the second season he got 47 in the previous season but I just like to see a little bit more before we can start talking about him as a top like top two top three player in the league just yet but I would say that he's definitely really really close now, now you say you want to see a little bit more from him. Now, a little I mean, bit. We know the points are there. I just want to see. I just want to know what you mean by seeing a little more. Like maybe a little bit out his game. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been a really good defensive player. You can't argue that. One of yeah. probably one of the best in the league. Maybe even win a Selkie. He's not the favorite for it, but he might get nominated and might get a couple more votes than he did last year. Um, I guess what I'm really just trying to say is McKinnon is just out of this world and. As, as of right now, McKinnon isn't doing as good as Matthews, arguably. But, like, I don't know. I just don't see Matthews yeah, being... I, th- I think I see what I've only after just After just two seasons. It's been two seasons. I mean, maybe just a little bit more length. In yeah, order small, to, sa- yeah. small sample size. Because McKinnon, McKinnon had, since the uh, last three years, he had three 90-plus point seasons. Obviously, he's been consistent there, but with Matthews, he hasn't been scoring at a goal per game, which we've seen now uh, come out of him. Yeah, so, exactly. I think what he's trying to say is, if we see the same scoring, which uh, Matthews is doing now, maybe next year when he's not in a complete Canadian division, who knows about that yet? But if we see that next year, yeah, or even the year before, then the comparisons will definitely need to be made. Right. Even even go even on. add on to that. Just I think I, I don't want to. I'm going to take a little bit of a guess, but I know that it's uh, Matthews. His highest point season was like in the 80s. I'm going to guess mid, but I think it's 87 or 83, something about that. Um, just the highest points that he's gotten is like 87. Just to see a little bit more and kind of get up to like those 90, almost 100 points, maybe even. Just trying to see how far he can really go to reach his full potential, and then we'll know where he really slots in there in the top three. Yeah, and as we're on the topic of McKinnon and Matthews, that, that debate, uh, McKinnon, it's the difference between experienced and experiencing. Like, yeah. you know, Matthews, Mc, Matthews is he's relatively new to the league. I think, what, this is his fifth year? Sixth year? Fifth. Yeah, I don't, uh, fifth, I think five. Fifth year. McKinnon has gone through trenches mm-hmm. with Colorado when they were – Bottom feeders. Oh, yeah. Matthews, his first year, he came in, made the impact, 
just squeaked into the playoffs. And I mean, we weren't expecting much against Washington that year, but that's what he, that's what he did. And I mean, that's the difference between these two players. I think, I think we could have this debate a little later on in his career where we'll rank him. And it brings us to this next debate uh, with McDavid earlier in the week, uh, becoming the eighth fastest of 500 points. I don't want to bring up the Gretzky debate now, but is it, is it wrong to bring up the Gretzky McDavid? I know it's always circulating throughout every time this guy puts up a good performance like he did last night, five points. And watching it live, it's just insane. But is it too early to start bringing up this debate? I think it's just casual yeah. fun. Just kind of seeing, just throwing it out in the water. And then maybe down the road, let's just see what happens. Because, I mean, even right now, McDavid to Crosby in his total numbers, like he's tied with Crosby right now for the fastest to, to get 500 points. And, I mean, just to see how he goes from here and to see if he can pass Crosby and then pass Lemieux and then pass everyone else before Crosby just to get to Gretzky, which would be really hard because the closest point totals to Gretzky is over a 1,000 points away. So I'd love to see McDavid's amazing journey to try to match up to Gretzky. And you know what the deciding factor is going to be in this debate in five, ten years? How much silverware uh, McDavid mm-hmm. has yes. compared to to compare to uh, Crosby and Gretzky. Crosby got three, no? Yeah. Three cups? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he got mm-hmm. back-to-back as well. I think McDavid, if he starts winning a few cups with Edmonton, and that's the thing with Edmonton, will it be with Edmonton? Because mm. I think it's, a whole fair to, it's fair to say they're a top-heavy team, no? Yes, for Fragile, sure. Yeah. McDavid, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> their, second, their third, fourth line. I, don't even, I can't even name you two players on that line. They're they're top heavy, and I think that's, I think we're gonna see it down the road in McDavid's career. Is he gonna leave Edmonton? I don't want to talk about it now because it's yeah. way too early. But will he stray away from this team? Like even Crosby's kind of uh, getting into this. I don't I, think Crosby's I, ever gonna leave Pittsburgh. No, he's a Crosby, Crosby. Crosby even said that he wanted to retire in in Pittsburgh, yeah. and that I don't know, maybe Pittsburgh has changed their mind, but I thought they were on the same page about Crosby just retiring in Pittsburgh and being a legacy for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you were, I was watching this on uh, uh, TSN the other day, they were trying to rank because after uh, Crosby's a thousands game, obviously they were ranking the best players of all time. I think Crosby was ranked sixth or seventh. And they had a, in front of him, I think Obi was in front of him, Gretzky, obviously, oh, Gordie Howe, yeah. Lemieux, all the greats, right? But I don't know. I want to get your opinion on uh, where would you rank? At least give me a top five. I saw a diff- all time I... and then possibly like this decade. I think this decade, mm-hmm. 2010s, I think Crosby yeah. takes the cake. Cups. Yes. yes. Stats. Loyalty, too. And, like he he yeah. transformed yeah. the city of Pittsburgh, right? 100%. I saw a different. I saw a different list. I don't know where you got your list from, but I, I'm not even sure where I got my list from. But I saw Lemieux, like Gretzky, Lemieux, or and then Crosby at like four, which is absurd to me. I don't think he's that that high just yet. I would put probably Howe in front of Crosby, and I mean I, yeah, and then maybe Crosby after Howe, maybe in the, number six behind someone else. I'm not too sure, but I know that my my top four for sure would be 
a Gretzky, Lemieux, a Bobby Orr, and a Gordy Howe, and then wherever the chips fall there, I don't know. I don't. I I don't know if I'd call. You can argue Crosby as top five, but it's it's all it comes, yeah. all comes down to your yeah. opinion on what you value within yeah. the hockey community. Do you value cups? Do you value stats? Do you value toughness? Well-rounded players, like, and they all did play in different eras too. Like, you can't look at Gordy Howe and compare him to even Gretzky. Like, they also played in different eras. Yeah, like it's it's, it's totally different. Uh, think? I think for the twenty tens team, I think Gretzky, uh, not Gretzky, <laughs> Crosby would have to be at the top because <laughs> it would be interesting to see yeah. Gretzky in the twenty yeah. tens for yes. sure. But oh yes. I, I don't think he'd be as productive yeah. as he would. No way. But Crosby, I think yeah, he led totally the Penguins, go on, if I'm not mistaken, to the playoffs every single year of the 2010s. I know they've they've had a they've had a long playoff um, streak. Yeah, and they've had a lot I of success. Agree. I not, think that's true. The last few years have been uh, first round exits, but other than that, they won two cups in 16. 1617 and 1718, I believe. And mm-hmm. other than that, they were maybe second round exits, third round exits. So still pretty deep into the playoffs. Nothing to be too uh, angry about. Other than that, I'd probably put uh, Kane and Ovechkin. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Jim Rutherford now the previous general manager of the Penguins. And I know we're getting a little off topic with the Penguins here, but it's that hockey cycle, right? You go through, and with them, they went through an, like a long, long time mm-hmm. of domination. Like, they were winning cups, and that's what you want in the end, like, winning cups. And you, it is fair to say that uh, Rutherford really didn't prepare too much for the future. Like, the do Penguins not. don't have too many high-touted prospects or whatever. And and you know it's gonna, there's going to hit a decline with even Ron Hextall now taking office, but that's what good teams do. They win cups. That's plain and simple. You win championships. That's all that people remember. I know for me, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life against the about the Penguins, their back to back championships. One hundred. And I think that's fair to say with every other yeah. hockey fan. No. So I just searched yeah. it up, and, and sorry to cut you off, I Bunny, but yeah, the least of actually no, no, not the least. I'm mixing up my words now. The Penguins have actually gone to the playoffs for 14 straight years, which is just insane. Excluding last year, though, no? It was broken last year because technically the planes weren't. I know, the but they would have made the playoffs anyway. Playoffs. They would have. If, if that goes all the way the back to what is that, 2017? 20, or 2006, and, 2007? And yeah, just sorry to cut you off. But, but the uh, the Red Wings, they had a 25. It was in the 20s, 20 year streak Boston. of making the playoffs. Boston was even pretty up, pretty yeah. up there too. And the thing about Boston that I want to point out, they they get they have prospects. Like they've all they're yeah. always cycling in good guys. Pasternak hit him. Jacob Zaboral even. Jacob Zaboral was looking pretty Back good. Was up. Mm-hmm. Defensively speaking. And it just comes to that cycle where you're high, you win your cups, you do all your domination, and then you rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And the Leafs, five-year Shanna plan, I think it's hopefully this year's the year coming to uh, 
coming to life, coming to a close. I think the window's yep. closing. I think that's fair to say, no? Uh, I would say no. I would say it's coming close, but I wouldn't say it's coming to an end. I'd say I'd give no, it three years before they need to start yeah. something. Not to, because, definitely not to an Because Willie's getting up. So he's 24 right now. He's still got some development. But once he becomes 27, 28 maybe even, he might start to not be as good as he was when he was 23, 24 even. He might be. He might be better. He might prove me wrong. I don't know, but especially like John Tavares and everyone else, like on that huge seven-year contract. I don't know how many years he has left right now. I think four or three, mm-hmm. but he's he's yeah. getting really up there in age as well. And I don't know how long that's going to really last. But uh, and while we're yeah, okay, go on. Sorry, the the core people are fairly young, and I just feel like they've got at least three, maybe even four years before they can. The, yeah, I agree with the that. Because Matthews and Marner, I feel like they've just really started this year to find their stride. They're really showing like what they've been capable of, what we've known they've been capable of the whole time. Oh, it's the, it's the best season by far. It's the best season by far between the two. It's not disputable. But now, but we were since we were talking about contracts and whatever expiring and the future of this team. I'm going to bring up this just before the hot takes, and you tell me if it is a hot take. I know, Aiden, you have your thoughts on it. But Anderson, Frederick Anderson, is uh, reaching his uh, – this is his final year, mm-hmm. right? He's, yes, uh, yes. Making so $1 he's million fight. this year, I yeah, believe. and the Leafs got him on a bargain. Like, that's – for the type of goalie he is and the money he's making, it's a steal. But going forward, the Leafs – I mean, you got Justin Wall in your system. Um, I'm hearing played, uh, NHL game. Exactly. I'm hearing Gibson uh, is uh, he's soon to be on the block. He kind of wants out of Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely don't. Neither do I. Uh, and I mean, all, all these goalies coming out of uh, California. But Anderson, would you consider him? I'm going to ask you both, and I'm going to give you guys both the, the stage here. Would you consider Anderson a top 10 goalie in the league right now, and why? I am only. Um, I'm gonna say no. Sorry. I want to say yes, but I'm going to say no. If you watch K, if you watch him in his games, you can definitely argue yes. If you look at the stats board, a hundred percent no. Yeah, I. So as you, right we've now, always known that with Anderson, he's gonna get you the yeah. wins, but and you can you can sort of blame that on the team defense. He does let yeah. in the occasional soft goals, but. He's getting you wins, and wins in this league, that's what makes the money. But go, keep going. I want to hear what you want to say. I I, I would for sure be taking Vasilevsky mm-hmm. before him. Yeah. I would be taking um, maybe even Connor Hart before him. Oof. Okay. Uh, I would be taking probably um, a John Gibson before him. I would All be right. taking... Let me think. Yeah. A flurry. Sure. This, yeah. Just trying to this think. year. Yes. 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 I'm just trying to think. I'd, you can argue even taking maybe even a camper. I wouldn't. But you can argue taking a camper because he's been unreal. Yeah. I mean, he's he, obviously you're playing in Arizona. You're not going to get that recognition that you get yeah. in the, yeah. this hockey hub of all of Canada here. But. Yeah, I mean Kemper. I think he has the stats. He's got the stats, and I think, but he just can't get think, the, the wins as much as. And I think what like. you're 
what I'm seeing you're basing this off of, which is perfectly fine. You're sort of basing it off of stats, a which is bit, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's the it's what we only have to look at, right? Yeah. But if you were to base it off of the all around goalie, would you still would your list still remain the same? My list would probably not remain the same. I probably could put Anderson in that top ten if I weren't basing it around the stats aspect as much. But if you were to go in and watch every single goalie in every single game, Anderson's got to be in that top 10. Yeah. Maybe not that high. I'd probably slot him 9 or 10, probably at most, only because mm-hmm. he hasn't really – he's he's made the big saves when he needed to. But that soft goal is still really uh, – It sort key, of takes away from that big it's, save. Yeah, it's a downfall to his game for sure. Yeah, and uh... – I mean, all goalies kind of have to go through that stage where they're letting in soft ones. But, I mean, Freddie, he should be in the top ten. I wouldn't say yeah. above five. If he was like, in the top he ten, and he even would be with the stats. to the lower numbers. Eight, nine, ten. Maybe even ten. Yeah. Um, think, uh, I know I've said to you guys that I don't think Freddie is, but he might be ten. I'm not too sure. The thing about Freddie is, this is not my opinion, just what I've seen from watching the Leafs uh, since he's came to the Leafs, is just Freddie doesn't have the – when he gets under pressure, he just seems to ne- – he seems to just for someone to say stop that. playing good whatsoever. He seems just like – he can't win the big game. He makes he simple mistakes, which and that's the losing thing the game, and then everyone me. blinds him. Play Michael Hutchinson <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> what? You didn't hear that? I mean, I don't know. You actually might have to because, uh, I mean, Freddie, the, the pace he's on playing games this year, uh, it's getting he's getting up there. I mean, the Leafs backups with the win, uh, Hutchinson got the win on, what was it, Wednesday night? Uh, yeah. improving the Leafs uh, backup goalies uh, record to 3-0. and And Campbell is on the mend. He's coming back soon. But uh, I don't know. His rest, it's in question for sure. I mean, he's getting up there. I, th- I think they should start playing, not Hutchison, because I really, this is my opinion, I didn't really like what I saw too much out of Hutchison. I didn't he got get the win, obviously. Was did, his yeah. sole, it was his sole purpose, right? But he really liked it. I didn't get to watch the game too much, but yeah. I did watch clips, and I, I, I didn't see the whole game. I, the first goal on him was definitely a little bit soft. I really think he could have had that Stutzel one. But other than that, I mean, he was okay. He got he some, made some big. He got save. some help from the post. Yeah, not not like well. and not not. He yeah, has his best friends. Oh yeah, his best friends now. Not like Anderson big saves though, like just big saves for him. Yeah, which are which he really did. helped the team. He gave me some sparks energy. Yeah. Diving around the crease, oh, which yeah. really gave me heart palpitations. But I mean, when Campbell comes Hopefully back, that's soon. I, I think they have to start playing Campbell. Oh, for sure. And it, I'm hearing that it's going to be maybe this week, maybe maybe next week. But they have to start playing him because Freddie, mm-hmm. you don't want to get Miles on. Like you know, I think all the years that he's had poor uh, poor showings in the playoffs. You, if you go look at all the games he's played, he's he's not really getting enough rest. The league in games played, I, exactly, no. and, and that's, that's the what whole it comes reason. Why we I know Vasilevsky when they went on their uh, cup run last year, he got a lot of rest, and he even said how important rest is for the goalie and the mindset and all that. But I think Campbell mm-hmm. should be getting some starts in no? Yes, yes. 
Campbell's shown that he's a reliable back. He's played good in the two games that he's played, but. Yeah. And we finally do have a reliable backup since uh, my favorite Mm -hmm. goaltender, McElhaney. Oh, yeah. When he stole that game against the Penguins, he stole my heart. But, uh, I mean, I think I think it would be smart for the Leafs with the goaltending situation to maybe split time, like how they do it in Vegas, obviously with Leonard when he was healthy. Split time maybe every other game you start a different goalie or when you even need you need Anderson to get in there, you give him the starts in, like, big games. But I think it's going to benefit them in the long run because there's not with no yeah. doubt they're making the playoffs. Like, oh, they're yeah. not, no, they're, they're not yeah. dropping out of that top four. And especially since they're playing in this Canadian league and this whole COVID situation, when you're playing the team so many times in a row, you're going to see the same goaltender. You're going to find the answers that as to their downfalls of getting goals, like Freddie's blocker side. Like, you're going to get used to that. You're going to catch on to that. So you're going to want that backup goaltender to kind of just get in there and mix things up a little bit. And having Jack Campbell is really that good mix. And, and how much does this Canadian division play into f- these, not just Freddie, but all the goalies, Markstrom, uh, Price, all these high goals against averages? Like, if, if you go look at the top scoring in the league, I think five of them, all, all five of the I, top five are from the Canadian division. Yeah. So does I, this play a role into all this? I think for sure. And, I mean, I, I don't yeah. think it's the goaltending. I That's think exactly it's the what defense. I was like, teams yeah. just have not been showing up defensively. The goaltending is amazing. Like, excluding – uh, I would argue, excluding Ottawa, uh, I think that's it. Uh, and even um, an Edmonton, but Koskinen hasn't been playing too bad. He's led in some soft goals, kind of like a Freddie, but not close to his level, mm-hmm. but kind of like a Freddie lets him the soft one. Uh, yeah, he's been, he's been taking a turn. Yeah. But Edmonton, um, Edmonton and Ottawa, probably the only two teams that I'd say don't have the goaltending. But the defense ultimately has been the reason for this mass scoring in the Canadian division, which just made it hard on the goaltenders. And let's not talk about Edmonton's defense because nope. quite frankly, I don't think there is any. Mm. At least at least defensive defensemen. I, I mean Barry I believe Barry's got have... the McDavid effect with them. Oh yeah. Go, go on. I believe Edmonton has the most points by all defensemen. Like in total, I think. Like, I wouldn't doubt it. Because Nurse and is up again. there. Nurse is That's... up there, Barry is up there, and then they got um, Larson has a couple, and Bear. I think Bear is injured, bomb as well. I don't know. I don't Who know. was their top defenseman yeah, last year? Bomb. Well, note noticeably different in their defense. Yeah, and they've they've always, at least for the past, with McDavid off. Uh, through their his career, they've never been that shut down defensive team whatsoever. I mean, you, when you're facing Edmonton, and that's why Koskinen, we're going to get into it a little later, but Koskinen, hard, risky fantasy mm-hmm. fantasy pickup or starter because he's going to let you know he's going to let in all these goals. Not that he's he's not that great of a goalie. I wouldn't even put him in my top 20 goalies, but it's the defense. You're not going to – you can't fix that. It's not an overnight fix. They got to start – I think they have to start focusing on mm-hmm. it more. That and the depth. Uh, if they want to start winning playoffs they, and ultimately cups, go on. But uh, I think they just got to go focus on, on no, uh, getting less shots against. Because if you see every game that Koskinen is playing in, he's just getting shots rifled at him, left, right, and center, getting like upwards of thirty shots to yeah, low forties. Like if you if you want to 
keep a low goal game, you're going to have to lower the shots against your goalie. Yeah, and that's just a result of the uh, the bad defense and even lack of forward depth, just the lack of experience and also lack of um, hockey IQ in the forward and defense positions. And, I mean, I don't know how many Edmonton fans are listening right now, but how many of them were shaking their heads on that Mike Smith one-year resigning when they could have had so many more goaltenders to choose from mm-hmm. in free agency? Yeah, Mike Smith is he's he's getting the miles on him. I mean, best puck handler, best puck handler in the league, no doubt. Uh, but I mean, that's kind of worthless. And yeah. I mean, he's nothing special. He's not. I don't think he's. I don't think he. It's actually hard to actually to say if he gets the starting job in Edmonton if that's going to change because they're both uh, not. I think, in my opinion, not playing up to their expectations. Oh no! But the defense is something that is going to let that happen. But uh, now we're going to get into the hot takes, the most highly anticipated segment of this show. And I think we're going to start off with you again, Aiden. Uh, what is your hot take for this week's Leafs line? Podcast? All right. So my hot I'm take is the Panthers will win the Central Division. So I say this because uh, their power play right now is fifth best in the league, has just been scoring at a immensely good rate. Barkov and Huberdeau, we already know how good they've both been producing offensively. Barkov with 18 points, Huberdeau with 22 points. Hornquist has been meshing really well with his new teammates. He's got 15 points in 16 games. Verhage, uh, capitalizing on, he's definitely capitalizing on seeing more ice time. He's got 13 points in 16 games already, which is actually the same amount of points he had last year in 52 games. So that's just showing how much more ice time he's getting with Florida. And Yandel is continuing to be a, a threat on the power play. Nine power play points already. 12 points in 16 games. We've expected that out of him. And someone I didn't expect I'd be talking about on Florida is Drieger. Mm-hmm. Definitely impressive. He's been, he's been, yeah, he's he's been, been a, I think they're saving grace. Oh yeah, you know, but Robowski hasn't been. I think it's fair to say he hasn't been too yeah. reliable since his Columbus days. But Drieger, dr- 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 I can't say his name. Drieger, <laughs> Drieger can't. Uh, we can't underestimate him. He's 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 uh, proven himself. Is he a rookie? He's no. Um, no, he has some NHL experience, but he hasn't played as many games as he's played so far. Okay, but he's definitely still kind of young. I believe he's in his mm-hmm. mid twenties, maybe even like twenty seven, like close to there. All right, and uh, yeah, I was just gonna say today, uh, uh, in the eight games Drieger started, he's been six one and one, which is just an insane record with a nine twenty six save percentage Jeez. and a two thirty five goals against average. So definitely great numbers. And just to add on, they've won. Uh, Florida won their series against Tampa two games to one, and they won. They won both against That's Chicago. A That's a big win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Their Chicago's losses. been hot too. Their losses to the Red Wings, though. Those games. Two times. That's uh, going to race some red cards. I just don't even know what to say about those ones. <laughs> Inexcusable right there. I mean, you could say <laughs> it's an off night, like can, what the Leafs had against the Ottawa, same, but same. when you do it twice, yeah, there's, there's only so many excuses yeah. you can say. <laughs> 
Now, were they back to backs against Detroit? Or, like, no, the no, they that played two out? separate series so. and they lost yeah. the second game from both. It was I think. one day apart. Oh, yeah, oh. one day apart. Salt for the wound. Oh yeah, but yeah, Florida's been playing. They, I think they've always been. Uh, they've always been a decent team. I think they've never gotten the recognition because they're from Florida, Injury overshadowed too. by Tampa injuries. injuries exactly. But uh, I think mm-hmm. this year might be uh, a year for them to make a run. I think they certainly have the offensive depth I can... and the offensive talent. I think their problem was just even on the back end. Like... They're uh, showing. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't. I think yeah. they were just solely relying on Brabovsky. And even if you, you can even look before that as well, but I've never really been a big fan of Brabovsky. I hated his contract when he signed with Florida. I think it was really too big of a contract for what he's uh, living up to. But yeah, it's there's something they're a team to look out for. Uh, what do you think, Iboni? What's your hot take for uh, this segment? Uh, I say that McDavid gets forty goals and one hundred points in this fifty-six. Game series, very exact stat. And the Edmonton, Edmin- yeah, and the Edmonton Oilers still don't make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I would love to know why they don't make the playoffs with that kind of. Uh, it's quite. I, I just Please don't. <laughs> I just don't see how their defense. Their defense right now. I mean, it's been bad, but arguably their offense yeah. has been outplaying their defense. We weirdly knew that. Was like, but that they're, you know, they're, but we know with the Leafs, that's not sustainable. Yes, yeah, their offense is way outplaying their defense, but their defense is bound to collapse even more than it already has. Like mm-hmm. the injuries are bound to happen. Plus, the goaltending situation is just absurd with Koskinen and Smith both up there in age. You cannot rely on Koskinen. Like, like who do they have other than Mike Smith and Koskinen? If one of them gets hurt, who's their backup? I know their backup. I just can't give you a direct no, name. No, I know. I, I heard the name somewhere. I heard the name somewhere. He's never really done anything. No one's ever heard his name. Do they yeah. acquire, does the Oilers acquire, uh, do the Oilers acquire a goalie at the deadline? They had their chance at free agency. I don't know why they just didn't do it there. But, I mean, if they have the playoff spot, they might try. But I, I don't think they make the playoffs. I think that mm-hmm. the Calgary Flames are really stepping it up now. The Jets are stepping it up. Like they're really picking up their thing, their their game. Calgary mm-hmm. Flames, they're getting some scoring touches here and there. If they can, if Monahan can pick up their his game a little bit, and even Lindholm a little bit can pick up their game, their power play as well, their power play if they get rolling, Calgary can easily step up. They have the talent and they have the goaltending really and the defense. All they need really. A little bit more consistency. Sure. They need consistency. Yeah, they need consistency. Exactly. That, Calgary has always been known to be that. In what of all the Canadian <laughs> teams, exclude Ottawa, but uh, <laughs> out of all these teams, they've been known to be the least consistent team. And I think that's going to be the key factor playing in when if they want to make a playoff push and fight for that third, fourth spot, consistency. Yeah. You see, Winnipeg. I yeah. think Winnipeg is a streaky team. They're yes. going to have a lot of uh, really highs and really lows. I mean, they're. I think they're more of a. We're without the Leafs and the Habs. I think they're more of the deeper teams mm-hmm. in this division. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But uh, yeah, Edmonton. I can I can see them missing it. That I, definitely I really is can. a hot. That take. defense is going to yeah. be something. McDavid already. McDavid already was <laughs> <It's> a hot. <laughs> yeah. Fan more on the McDavid part though. I want to hear that. McDavid already has thirty-seven points, and I so believe weird. it's. I believe it's 20 games because I have played, played quite a few games. 
So that yeah, also uh, that also allows they're at twenty. Yeah, they're at twenty. That also allows teams to kind of come back because they have the games in hand, and really they're not that far off in the standings perspective. I believe second. what they're second right now, but they're not like they're second they're, or third. They're second, four points away from the Habs. Yeah, and the Habs have twenty right now. Spot. Like, and the and the Habs have four games in hand. So what is it? Seven seven points, right? Because the Calgary Flames have seventeen. Yeah. Yes, the Calgary Flames are actually not that far out because they don't have as many games played. Like mm-hmm. they 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 still have games they in have hand on Ottawa. Games. Yeah. Sorry, on Edmonton or Ottawa. Yeah. So that's why I just believe that even though his amazing stats will be there, there's just no way that the defense and goaltending will ever hold up. There's no way. Like Calgary is bound to step it up with all their talent that they have, all their free agents that they got. And I don't see Montreal slipping out of a playoff spot. And I don't no. see Winnipeg slipping out of a playoff spot with their amazing offense and their stellar goaltending, even though their goaltending's been arguably slipping, but – I do see Montreal though hitting a, a, a some black ice yeah. in there, uh, hitting a slide. Yeah. I think Aiden uh, shadowed on it within the last I, podcast. But I, 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 I believe, do think they're going to go through a rough stretch. I do believe I, they're they, facing Ottawa though now. They are playing on a three tonight. game stretch, maybe a two game stretch. But you know, with Ottawa, these bo- this bottom team, yeah. they can either make make a good run or like lead to your team's downfall. The yeah. Leafs sort of revived that with that their last two games, but. I think Montreal is bound to hit a slow patch. I think I really like what Aiden said last week that it was just a hot start, and I think we're kind of uh, speculating into it more than we should, being a little too naive. But I can see, I can see if they keep the consistency, Calgary can be, uh, they can be scary. And I know the Leafs have the they begin a two game set with them on Monday night. Yes, yeah. but uh, if it's fine with you, I'll share my hot hot take. Yeah, go uh, for it. It's. <laughs> It's not too uh, – it's out there, but I think it's reasonable with the way he's playing. Austin Matthews takes home two pieces of hardware, maybe three with the cup. He wins the mm-hmm. Harden and the Rockets this year. It's not, it's not the biggest oh, hot I take. I can definitely I mean. see that happening. No, but he's on this pace. It's this surreal pace. And but, I've only said it with yeah. McDavid, too. I think then it's going to come down to yeah. McDavid. McDavid, for sure. You can also argue that he can win the heart. And that's why I, I can see why it is a, heart, a hot take because – as of right now, McDavid has just been blowing him out of the water. Like, Matthews would step it up, and McDavid's would take it another step further. But it's just nice mm-hmm. to see this little cat and mouse kind of game between McDavid and Matthews, and who's going to take home the silverware at Definitely. the end of the season. Right. And this, uh, the league in general, uh, if we're going to want to talk about two teams that are going in the opposite direction, the Kings, I am extremely surprised. They're on a four-game win streak, if you didn't know, which oh, wow. I think a lot of people didn't know. Drew Doughty, uh, seven points over uh, over that span, and Anze Kopitar, six points over that span. So they're getting uh, they're getting stuff from their production from their top guys, and their wins came against Arizona, who finally moved on from uh, St. Louis, which is pretty cool. After the uh, seven game stretch, yes. <laughs> they, I think, they welcomed Minnesota with their first game back from COVID, and San Jose, which, I mean, <laughs> I know my fantasy team's experience. San Jose is always <laughs> the one that defeats Jordan Bennington. But, I mean, do they make? are they going to make some noise? Uh, are they sneaky good? I mean, I don't know. I think they're trying to find their identity right now. They're currently fourth in the uh, Honda West Division with uh, 17 points through 16 games. So they're just pr- a little bit above 500. 
But, I mean, maybe squeeze into a playoff spot this year? Is this just a hot streak? I can see, I can see the Kings, yeah, getting in there for sure. Uh, Cal Peterson, mm-hmm. completely unrecognized. This man has been insane this year, even last year as a, a backup a little bit when Campbell was dished off. T- Pedersen has been quite amazing in the backup, and he's really just taken the starting role from Jonathan Quick now. And this guy's at like a 9.36 through the games that he's been playing this year. And he's really just been carrying the Kings on his back as a goaltender and really as a defense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think they can make something out of this uh, this year. I mean, they're facing all these teams 10 times. You got your big guns in Colorado, Vegas. St. Louis, I mean, I think they're a little shaky. I, I don't know how much... Like I think they're not as consistent that they should be, uh, but I think they can beat, give a good fight with uh, Arizona, Minnesota, San Jose, mm-hmm. Anaheim. Even Anaheim's been a disappointment, but you know it's going to come. I think they just recently yeah. called up Zegras, which I'm extremely excited yes. to see. Oh yeah, he's, he's something special. But this, I want to bring up this other team that's going the complete opposite direction, and uh, the Dallas Stars. I mean, oh, yes. uh, losers of four straight. They've gotten their uh, games postponed. And uh, they just came off of a – they went to the Stanley Cup final. And uh, how many games did they lose to uh, against Tampa? They went to seven, six? I think they went to six. They went to six. But, I mean, you know, the, Dallas would only slow down if it snows in Texas. And, well, it's snowing in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think they didn't know a lot about that. Uh, with uh, Jumbo Joe Pavelski out a little bit. But, uh, I mean, they're getting production from their big guys. And they, they are injury. Uh, they've been bitten by the injury book. Tyler Shane and Ben Bishop. Exactly. Big uh, guys. And Kudobin, I think, is a little... Uh, yeah. Oh, Oden girl. I, I don't know. Oh, the Golden girl. deal. I think. I don't know. Oden girl. I think is gonna. I, I like him, but uh, he's young. You don't really know with this kid. Yeah. Uh, but I think this po- the postponements are really uh, kind of letting them slip away. Yeah. Uh, sort of giving a stride or like helping them dig out of this hole that they kind of put themselves in. Yeah. If I could just More add on to for sure what you're saying about the stars, the I think it's kind of similar yeah, to what. Montreal was going through at the beginning of the season like they were seeing insane production from like even their power play was they just were scoring teams. like every time so I think oh, they were just yeah. seeing an overproduction because as we've seen with the Stars the last few years they're not overly good at offense or defense they're just a, a very well-rounded team they're, they're very yeah they're very well-rounded they used to be, I remember, they used to be, a lot of people would say they were top-heavy mm-hmm. with the Radulov, yeah. uh, Ben, and Sagan line. But I think with their younger talents mm-hmm. coming in, they've uh, really just came out of nowhere. They just sort of uh, leveled it off. And uh, what's his name? John Klinberg leading the team in assists yeah. with 10. I really like him. He's a good defenseman, no? Oh, yes. Top pair of guy. Maybe even... Uh, I, I, it's high... Um, um, I think he's Klinberg right. Left, lefty or righty? Uh, let me yeah, I think you. so. He's a right. I, I want to say he's a right D. So is it Heiskanen and Klinberg on the first pair? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because Heiskanen's got eight assists, eight assists on the season as well. Yeah, Klingberg so is a right defenseman. defenseman. The top heavy defensemen are getting those points as well. Oh, okay, that's good then, because I'm pretty sure Heiskanen's a left. 
Mm-hmm. And they uh, they have a date with Florida, hopefully uh, in Florida, which I guess is a better thing uh, on the tw- on Wednesday tomorrow Monday. Yeah, tomorrow. Wait, uh, what on Monday? Oh, I just missed that. The twenty second. That's yeah. Monday, correct? Yeah. yeah. So they fly into Florida and begin a free mm-hmm. game set with them, and I think that's the long team you want. Florida's going to be angry from that loss week to off. Detroit. Uh, Florida's been hot of late. Yeah, you know they're going to come out firing. But I want to also talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. They are, hmm. besides the Leafs, hmm. I think we can it, we can argue they are the second, maybe third best offensive team in the league. They yeah. uh, sixty two goals for this year. I think they're just right. They're just behind the Leafs with seventy two. Uh, they're winners of two straight. And, uh, I mean, that top line. And they're getting production from uh, unlikely McGinn, sources. McGinn, Stahl. I think it's McGinn, no? Yeah, McGinn that has been really, really McGinn, up. Jordan Stahl. Stahl. Jordan Stahl has been crucial in depth mm-hmm. scoring for this team. Yeah, so they sit atop the uh, the the standings for the Central Division on they're top second, of the – Second place in the league. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're doing well. And they only got 16 games played, so – uh, it's it's looking good in Carolina. Uh, James Reimer's kind of uh, stepped up. Mm-hmm. Eight wins, I think. Uh, was it Mrazek that went down? Yes, Mrazek went down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would I might uh, try to pronounce their back of goalie's name. Nedeljevic. Uh, Nedeljevic got a shutout last night. Yeah, they're getting production from all ends of the ice, which is what you want to see from this team. They've, uh, they've always, they've, over the last few years, they've been uh, sort of fighting for recognition in this league. And I think in the playoffs, they've been making a little bit of noise, slowly but surely. Getting past but the first think, few rounds. Yeah. And I think this year, mm-hmm. if they can keep this up, I think this could be a good year for them. But we're going to get right into our final segment of the show. Aiden, you will share with us, I hope, your fantasy rankings and the players you think will perform good for this week. In All right. Fantasy. So first up, Take we it got away, uh, Jumbo Joe, the Maple Leafs. Obviously, seven points in his last four games since returning from injury. Playing top minutes with Matthews and Marner. And on the top power play to add on to that. Uh, may not be the guy you rely on the most for hits and shots if you're in a categories league, but... Definitely he'll get you a solid player for assists and uh, points. So right now he's 44% owned on Yahoo and 33% owned on ESPN, which may not seem like much, but I think he's jumped 34% in uh, the past few days. So going to want to grab him quick. Yeah. Next player is uh, on Carolina, like you said before, Mario. Very offensive team. And Niederreiter is actually – Doing mm-hmm. great on the uh, the Hurricanes right now. Five points in his last four games. 12 points in 16. At the moment, he's playing on the second line with Trocek and Natchez, which uh, he's, I believe he's leading. Mm-hmm. He's definitely in, been in scoring at a as well with high pace right now. Trocek yeah. has actually been on fire recently. So, five on five. Trocek you should insane. be looking for him scoring, getting assists. And the thing about Niederreiter, he gets a high volume of shots as well. I think he might be in the top 10 for shots, around 50. But he's definitely a good player for that stat. So right now he's 43% owned on Yahoo and 39% on ESPN. Next player 
Alex Ayafalo of the Los Angeles Kings. So he's got six points in his last five yes. and 12 in 16 games on the season, just like Niederreiter. But he's playing on the top line with Dustin Brown and Kopitar, both who have been producing very well this season. And he's playing on the Kings' top power play, which is surprisingly 12th in the league just behind Colorado. And the, and the thing about Ayafalo is that he's only 8% oh, owned on that. Yahoo and 51% owned on ESPN. He's a sleeper. Last player is going to be Andrew Mangiapane. Yeah. He's got, Ooh, he only has nine points in the game, but... The reason I'm saying to pick him up now is because with Monahan injured, he is seeing time on the top power play, and he will be getting top line minutes with the Chuck and Backlund. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is he not favored for the selfie? Definitely he's top he's three. Running believe, right now? But I don't think you have really any stats for that in in fantasy. Yeah, really? That- yeah, that's not. Really yeah, fantasy, that could be. Uh, Unless you got like blocked shots or something, I don't know. I don't know how many shots he blocked, but. But yeah. let's hope the local kid keeps it up. Maybe not against the Leafs in this two-game set, but let's hope he does well. But that wraps up the second edition of the Leafs Line podcast. I want to thank uh, Ada McCullough and Michael Iaboni for joining me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was pretty fun tonight. Oh, yeah. uh, hope to see all our listeners uh, next week and tune in. And uh, yeah, go Leafs go! Big week. Let's see if they can gap the hopefully make a greater gap further in the standings. Keep a point, uh, that's point, all. For, keep a point streak alive. Exactly, but that's all for me. Uh, I wish you guys all a good week. 